The podcast this week is brought to you by Brilliant Marketing Communications. Introducing Brilliant Sound Sessions, a free discussion series casually facilitated by the folks at Brilliant Marketing Communication. Locals can share ideas and get advice on marketing from each other and professionals. Brilliant Sound Sessions will take place the second Tuesday of every month at the Brilliant Marketing Communication Office in Sturgeon Bay. Kick Coffee Roasters are kicking in the coffee and space is limited, so please RSVP. Details at BrilliantMKTG.com or on Facebook. Listen, exchange, grow together, drink free coffee. And welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast, where each week we talk with the writers and editors of the Door County Pulse about the stories you can find in this week's issue. I'm Andrew Clyden. Happy Labor Day weekend. I tried to grab Miles this week to talk about the news that's been going on over the last couple weeks in Door County, but uh, he was on the beach and he told me that I should get out to the beach too, enjoy the Labor Day, and I want you guys to enjoy yours as well. So for this week's episode of the podcast, what I wanted to do is I wanted to go back to a previous episode of the Door County Pulse podcast. Uh, about seven months ago, Miles, Aaliyah Kidd, and myself sat down, and we did kind of a casual conversation about our journey to find housing in Door County. So affordable housing in Door County is one of the biggest puzzle pieces that we're trying to solve at this point. How do we get new people, young families, into the county and get them places that they can live making a wage that a young family might be making. All of us relatively young families, uh, we all went through our individual journeys to try to find that affordable housing here in Door County. And affordable housing has continued to be a topic of discussion for the rest of the year. Our sustainability issue this year was all about affordable housing and different techniques and pathways that we might try to examine to see what we can do about affordable housing, different puzzle pieces that maybe when put together can lead us to a future that maybe is a little bit more clear on how we can address this issue. The Door County Economic Development Corporation released their housing study and gave a lot of data about affordable housing and and put numbers to it, concrete numbers to this problem that we've, of course, known has been an issue for years, but now we finally had the data to back it up. Uh, So lots of really interesting things happening. Lots of different projects have been started this year and different ways that people are trying to address this issue are starting to get momentum. So I wanted to kind of ride that wave a little bit, bring the discussion back to the forefront and, and bring that interview that we did or that conversation that we did back for the podcast. So if you didn't hear it about seven months ago and we did it, uh, we'll have it for you today. So I hope you enjoy. Have a good Labor Day weekend and uh, we'll see you next week. We are joined today by Aaliyah Kidd, the multimedia editor for The Pulse. How are you doing, Aaliyah? Doing good. So we wanted to kind of get together in a little roundtable to talk about housing in Door County. Uh, you are a new homeowner in Door County. When did you when did you move up and what was kind of your journey to finding your spot? So I first moved up in May and was lucky enough to have a family home to stay in while we were doing our home search process. But it did turn out to be a little bit longer of a process than we expected um, and ended up closing on our house end of November. So May through November is how long it took. And, and what were some of the challenges that you faced trying to find a place to live? Uh, well, at first, you know, you're just kind of exploring the different communities and figuring out where you'd like to actually be in the county. And our expectations were coming from a city destination, Madison, Wisconsin. So we're very familiar with how quick the 
market moved there um, and then had a harsh realization that things move pretty slow up here. So that was definitely a big learning uh, curve that we had to get used to. So things weren't moving fast and people weren't always ready to negotiate right away. So, right. Well, you know, when you say like moving slowly, that just popped a memory into my head of just like the, in the city, there's like an urgency to respond just in the whole like offer process of when you're looking at houses, even real estate agents, I think have a little more sense of urgency because they know things move quickly in a city. So it's like, get on it, check out that place. And in the rental market, it's like sign a lease as soon as you see the place or Mm -hmm. you're going to lose it. But in, in real estate up here, things just move slower. The sellers, you, you might put in an offer and think, okay, they're going to jump at this encounter right away. And people will sit on it for that happened to me when I was searching for a house in the spring of 2017, that we're like, all right, we're motivated. We want a house on May 1st. We need to, to finalize something. And the people who were selling were, well, we're going to be on vacation. We really don't want to think about this right now. So we'll get back to you in, you know, whenever. And it took like 10 days. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that process gets pretty emotional too, because you're just anxious and you're waiting and, and you know, it's kind of a little bit of a roller coaster as you're, if you do put an offer and then you're waiting for that response and you don't know if you should get excited or not excited or keep looking. So, well, yeah. and I, I think that the, the market is kind of interesting too, because they're, there aren't a ton of neighborhoods in Door County. Houses are kind of spread out all over the place and different locations tend to create different types of houses. So the closer you get to towns, the more you find stuff that are kind of like zoned for residential or commercial. And then you get a lot of places that used to be shops and are now kind of like, oh, well, there's a bedroom upstairs, (laughs) like those kind of things. And also I've noticed that houses tend to stay on the market a lot longer here than in some other places. Like there are some places that it, that sit on the market for over a year and that um, seems to be pretty normal. Many, many years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing we learned too is looking at what is listed and realizing it's been on the market for that long because they won't budge on the price. Right. And which is frustrating too, because I mean, obviously sellers a lot of the times aren't motivated to sell because it's either a second home or it's a vacation getaway. So they're not really losing much by not selling it at a lower price. Right. Yeah. And in a city market, you have a lot more people who are like, we own this home. We're putting it on the market because we're buying another one and we need to unload this one. So there's just that extra built-in motivation where something is, you know, looking to move it within three to four months. Mm -hmm. And yeah, up here, it's just like, everything is sort of always for sale. And, but it's not like I need to sell. Yeah. When we were looking, um, one of the things that we were trying to consider is if we wanted to try to build in any sort of like studio space or performance venue for our theater company. And we ended up finding a bunch of places kind of near town, those kind of half zone commercial residential places. And and one of the things that we considered was like, this would be great, but it's got a parking lot attached to the house. (laughs) So it's like, if we make a go of the business, that would be a good thing. But on the other hand, if we don't, then we have a parking lot yeah. <laughs> in front of our house. And then the other the other thing is when you're right on the side of the street, you run the risk, especially if it's a place that's been a business for a long time, you run the risk of people coming up and yanking on your on your door mm-hmm. or hitting your doorbell and being like, oh, I used to come here every summer and now it's your house. And it's like, yeah, it's yeah. my house. So it's it's that kind of weird thing. And unless you you try to get away from the towns. But then you run into other challenges too. Like my big thing, and I know something that you're struggling with right now, Leah, is internet access. Mm-hmm. 
and finding out where you can get it because some places in Door County have great internet access and then a lot of places have no internet access. Right. That's definitely a part of the search that you need to consider. And a lot of places we'd get excited about and then realize there's no way this place has internet access and it probably won't for another X amount of years, decades, who knows. Right. Um, so then you just kind of have to pass it up. But then there are other places where you can call and talk with the local internet providers and check and see if the houses do have potentially internet, which is also not always reliable, but right. until, until somebody comes out to your property. I mean, we, when we looked, my wife works from home, does calls with India and does a lot of webinars and stuff. So she has to have really good internet access all the time. And your Aaliyah, your husband Brody is kind of in a similar mm-hmm. boat. And when we were looking, it was a deal breaker. We, we were fortunate and I, I know a guy from Door County Broadband. He was able to look at our property and assess the situation. And if, if he had not confirmed with me that we could get internet access there, we would have had to pass on the house. It would, that would have been the absolute deal breaker. So, mm-hmm. and that's, I think a lot of people moving up here, I've, I've written stories about this in the past where I've talked to homeowners who, if you come from the city, you just, at this point in time, like in Door County, people who live here know that internet could be sketchy depending on where you are or your cell phone reception. If you're below a bluff, you might have to leave your property to use your phone. But if you're coming from somewhere else, it's so ingrained that like, yeah, you wouldn't even ask in the sit in Madison, Milwaukee, Chicago, Green Bay. You probably don't even consider internet accessibility. It's not a question. It's just what packages are you going to get from the local cable provider? Right. Yeah, it, you you have you have so much more choice in a lot of other places, but like even I remember I haven't had to like be concerned about whether or not I'm going to have phone service since I was young. Got my first cell phone and would go to my friend's house and be like, "Oh, you don't get service in your basement." That makes sense. But that hasn't been a thing for like 10-15 years for me. In college, I had 100 megabyte per second internet all the time. So I was like set. Then I came up here and I have one megabyte per second internet (laughs) and that it's enough to make sure that if anything goes wrong, I have internet, but I am, you know, paying more for my phone line to make sure that me and my wife have high speed internet on our phones. So it's one of those weird things. And when we first signed up, we checked, we checked everybody. We checked charter, we checked dark County broadband. Nobody could give us access except for frontier. But the way that Frontier works is they're like, you, you will pay for up to 10 megabytes per second and we will deliver what we can. In my case, it's one megabyte per second. <laughs> um, but they also said there is a, there's a port in your neighborhood. So you're eligible for internet. Uh, but there's only one port. So because we have it, no one else in my, in, in my neighborhood gets to have internet from Frontier. Yeah. It, it's, there's just one connection. And it just happened to be open. So it, it's just, it's a weird situation that you don't think of. I mean, right. I'll, I'll, anywhere else in the cities, I mean, that's just a given. And then you're like, well, does this place have fiber? Like, that's where the question comes in. Not like, can I use my devices at home? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, most of us are trying to unplug from cable and do the a la carte uh, entertainment services using Netflix and Hulu and all these different other op- options. It's almost getting to the point where it's like a utility because that's, like the same delivery network that you need from your old TV providers. So when you look at like the, one of the major issues for Door County and attracting more people, especially younger folks like you two, if, if that's, that's a deal breaker, really, it, it just changes yeah. like all the things that you can use. 
And I know it's a concern for small businesses too, who use Square or they use different, you know, facets of the internet to run their business. And, you know, if, if their credit card reader isn't working, then they can't really sell or it's not a great experience. So that's, you know, prohibiting some of that growth as well. Right. Well, and that, that's a a good thing to bring up. I, you know, my first summer up here, I worked right in the middle of Fish Creek. And we had really slow internet access that would run all of our computers and our credit card readers. When that internet would fail, which it did multiple times a day, it would have to switch to our backup, which was a dial-up connection. And then that would make a transaction take a minute, two minutes, three minutes, five minutes. And that's just somebody waiting for you to hand them back their card. Mm -hmm. And they're wondering, well, did my card not read? What's going on? And it's like, no, it's just taking a minute to, to send it out because it has to... It has to actually connect through dial-up to send it out. And, and that was right in the middle of Fish Creek. So it, it's summer. a concern. Yeah. Well, and I know a lot of people listen to this from who are locals and a lot of people who are not locals and who are visitors to Door County. And a lot of people who are visitors tend to think, well, but I go to Door County to relax. So internet's not a big deal. That connectivity, you've got to unplug. And if I were a visitor, I would love to unplug. But most of us, don't have that luxury. We're actually right. trying to work and, and live and live our day-to-day lives. So not having that connectivity means you can't do your job. And if you're a, cause most of us work at our houses part of the time too now. And if you have kids, anybody who has kids now knows how many the internet based projects that any child has to, to do throughout their, I mean, going down into elementary school. So you're at a great disadvantage if you, amongst competing with the other kids in your class if you don't have good access. Right. And let's hit that a little bit harder too, because what you're saying is very true. A lot of schools nowadays uh, rent out tablets, iPads, laptops to their students so that they can do their homework. Uh, And it's not just, you know, like just being able to research things or do stuff like that. A lot of schools use things like Moodle or other like connected based things where the teacher can go in and assign uh, step things. Step back. What is Moodle? Okay. Mm-hmm. So Moodle is a uh, kind of like a dashboard where teachers can put their uh, like their their class activities, their homework, links to videos to watch, anything. You can put anything up on there. The, the syllabus is usually hosted on there. And it's just a way for the teacher to have everything that they want done for the whole course in one spot that the student can access at any time. So the student can see like, oh, this is what was scheduled for this week. This is what my homework is. This is pages of the book that I need to read. All of that stuff is on Moodle so that the teacher doesn't have to print out weekly schedules or print out homework to give. I mean, a lot of math classes have you doing daily problems and all of that is taken care of on a, on a service like Moodle. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have internet access at home, you can't do your schoolwork because more and more frequently, that's how things are being uh, delivered to you. For you guys, none of us have kids yet, but I'm guessing all of us plan to at some point. Um, how big a factor was school district? Was, was that a factor for you? Were you trying to evaluate the school districts up here? Um, or is it sort of like any school district is fine? Um, we were kind of first looking at where we would want to be located, but we were definitely taking that into consideration. The main areas, of course, were Gibraltar and then Sevastopol. And at that time, while we were looking, they were just going through the referendum. And there was a concern in the back of my mind is, what if they can't update their school? What if this is a school that hmm. will eventually not be prioritized or fade away? Or, you know, That's the schooling point. goes downhill because, and yeah, when you buy a home and you're thinking, 
you know, it's great right now, but you got to think 10, 20 years in the future in that case. Um, and that obviously was a concern, but Gibraltar heard great things. I feel like they're progressing a little bit quicker, maybe. So that's it. That's an interesting standpoint because I, I hadn't even thought of that. But if you were buying at the time of that Sevastopol thing, because if, if you thought that might fail and the school might not be there, say 10 years from now, and you were buying near there, now you're, now you're talking about, well, are we commuting to take our kids to Gibraltar or are we going to Surgeon Bay? And what's, what becomes our, you know, are we driving 10 minutes to get them to Sevastopol or now 30 minutes to go in the other directions? Mm-hmm. When I was looking, I was a Gibraltar grad, so I was a little, had that ingrained in my head a little bit when I was searching. But even as we looked to Northern Door, my, my wife would say like, well, this is a, this seems pretty affordable. It's only 15 minutes north of Sister Bay. And I, I would say like, Ellison Bay is nice. Gills Rock, it's great. But our kids, if we have them, will not have any parent, like any friends who want to come up and visit because the parents are going to be like, don't be, we, we'd rather you not become best friends with the kid from Ellison Bay because now we're going to have to drive you the extra 20 minutes every time you have a play date or something. Yeah. Right. So, and that's not like, it's not like people proactively segregate that way but it is a factor in like any you talk to any kid who grew up up there and you're just like yeah it was like a a 40 minute drive to school is burden Mm -hmm. right well and it wasn't necessarily a factor in our first house but it it is something that we are considering as we look to maybe move uh because the the house that we have now is great and Aaliyah, you and i can talk a little bit about the challenges of buying a fixer upper in Mm -hmm. door county but we, if we're going to move, we would either move to Sister Bay or Sturgeon Bay just to have uh, a better sense of community and connection. Because um, right now you're in Egg Harbor, yes. like outside of the village. Right. Uh, we live north of the village of Egg Harbor in a neighborhood that's, that's a really great neighborhood and we have awesome neighbors, but they're all, they're all older couples. Um, so there's, there's barely any young families in our neighborhood. There are no kids in our neighborhood at all. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, connection is, is, is difficult. There's, there's no internet access. Our cell phone service is fine. It's usable, but it's not great. So if we were going to move, we would move up to Sister Bay or down to Sturgeon Bay. And then the question is, well, do we want our kids to go to Sturgeon Bay High School or do we want them to go to Gibraltar? And my wife and I have both done a lot of work at Gibraltar with the theater program. So we, we tend to want to go there. All of my friends graduated from Gibraltar and they, they recommend it. Um, but it is one of those things. It's like, do you want your kid to go to a smaller school or a bigger school? And, and what kinds of opportunities are they going to have afforded to them in, in either place? And we're fortunate up here in that you're not, you're, you're judging that by some very niche preferences because the reality is all of the door counties, Southern Door, Sturgeon Bay, Gibraltar, Sebastopol, they're all really good schools, high performing schools right. that offer a lot of the extracurriculars. Obviously, you, you may get more of those actually in Southern door and Sturgeon Bay where they just have more kids. So you have some, some more diversity in like some of your athletics and extracurricular programming and even your school programming. So it's, it's nice that it's not like, well, this school's terrible. I can't live there because of X, Y, and Z at the school. Right. So we're, we're very fortunate compared to so many other people. Like I have friends in Chicago who own homes in the city who are now going through the process of, all right, as the kids grow up and they, they can go to elementary school, but as they hit middle school, do we got to think by which time do we need to either move to a district in the suburbs or plan to save and pay $20,000 a year, $30,000 a year or more for private schooling? Like that's right. a, we basically have at any of these schools close to the level of, of a great private school for public school money. Right. So 
Oh yeah, I talked about it a little bit, but maybe let's get into this. Finding a house for a, a young family that fits within a certain budget can be really difficult up here. And, and really, yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Um, the the two of us were lucky in that we were able to get good deals on our houses, but. With that came a lot of maintenance and upkeep and mm-hmm. renovation. So uh, maybe talk a little bit about what you guys have been doing so far, and then I can kind of share my story with me and my wife's house as well. Yeah. So when we were looking, we had our we had our first home in Madison to start. So we kind of knew what the whole house buying process was like, and we had that first home which we weren't planning to stay in forever. So when we were looking up here, we were thinking more long-term and wanting something that could be a family home eventually and have enough space. So we were looking for something that was big enough um, and that we could make our own. However, a lot of those bigger bigger houses were on that higher end of the market, so out of our price range. And then the ones that were more in our price range did require work. So we ended up finding one that was in really great shape, but definitely from the 70s. So... Good shape, good bones, maintained well, uh, just, you know, had the 70s carpets, the wallpaper, um, those excellent details, lots of wood paneling. Carpeted bathrooms. Carpeted bathrooms, nice. yes. So had all of those features, which, you know, obviously they're not deal breakers, but it does, if you want it to be the vision you're imagining in your head, you have to do all the work to change those things. Right. So, well, and, and you have to budget for that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of times you're going to spend $10,000, if not more, just in cosmetic upgrades to a house like that. Yep. And so as, as me and my wife have kind of cursory glanced at the market over the last year or so, just kind of feeling things out, that is a, a thing. It's like, if we're going to buy a house, we're going to sell our house and then buy a house for the value of our house and it needs to be done. Like we need to be happy with it mm-hmm. because if we buy another house that needs another cosmetic remodel, it, it's the same process that we've been working through over the last couple of years and we just want to be done. We, we've, we've gone through and we've changed a lot about our house right now, but it's, it's something that it's like, okay, let's, Let's wrap it up and be good. And then maybe we can sell it and move on to something that is done and we're happy with rather mm-hmm. than being like, oh, this is a good fixer upper again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what what have been some of the, the, the biggest challenges that you've faced in your remodel so far? Um, right now we're trying to install a furnace, which is not cheap, especially in a house that needs duct work and all of that done. Um, it has electric baseboard at this point, which isn't terrible, but if you're living there year round in the winter, those electric bills do get pretty high. So we're looking at upgrading that. Um, and then also floors took down all the wallpaper, but there's some of those, we've been doing it a lot ourselves because again, we are lucky to have a place to stay while we're doing it. So we're trying to take advantage of that as much as we can without having to hire out a ton of labor. Um, so it's just kind of having to be patient with that process and right. go room by room and eventually be able to move in. And from the pictures I've seen of what you guys have done so far, you are fortunate in that you and your husband are the kind of people that can look at something and have a vision for it and and then execute it. I don't have any of those skills to look at a room. <laughs> like, so I ended up buying something that was ready-made because <laughs> I, I thought I had this dream like, oh yeah, I'd like to put my own work into it and I can be handy and I can... I'm I'm going to like to put my own stamp on my house. And I was totally sold on that idea. And now I'm totally sold on the idea that that would have been terrible. Right. We, we also had to put in a new furnace. That was one of the first things that we did. But then our, our big challenges came from the fact that like, again, house made in the seventies, uh, it was just one area. And then they did a full 
like add-on project. So they added an upstairs and created a hallway and added a bunch of rooms. And in doing so, all the wiring is weird and like the heating is all weird and how that works. And the, the previous owners were really handy and really DIY, but maybe not the most skilled at what mm-hmm. they were putting in. So while there's really cool things that have been done and really cool projects, each one of them has tremendous caveats to them that we had to to deal with in fixing. So for instance, outside there were a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stonework that kind of creates paths around our property, which was really nice. But instead of buying those flat like paver stones to make your pathways, he went around the county and just got as much limestone as he could in his truck and then did it himself. So to pick up those pavers, you have to get a shovel and dig the stone out of the ground. Mm -hmm. And we have just hundreds of boulders all over our yard (laughs) that we have to like dig up to do anything with. He, He put in these really, really nice cabinets in the kitchen, but he installed them himself so they're crooked and if you're looking you can see where you know those things are it's like the old pen pub right all of that's the, before your time but there used to be a pen pub they would call it a little off center and, it, and the bar that used to be there the where the peninsula pub is now was like just like a leaning tower of pisa kind of building <laughs> so. right the every room had a, a personal flair to it but all like all the choices were so strange like our master bedroom had seafoam walls a mint ceiling and green carpets uh, and then downstairs their daughter grew up in this fairy room that had glow-in-the-dark fairies painted all over the walls and you with, kept that we we did for a bit uh, that was our guest room uh, but we had to paint over that and change all of the carpets and and just all sorts of these little diy things that had been done that were just done so strangely um, our heating is the same way. If you turn on the thermostat upstairs, it turns on the heat for the upstairs and also the downstairs rooms. But then the thermostat that's connected to the downstairs rooms turns on the heat for the downstairs living room. And that's it. Mm-hmm. So it's just weird things like that, that every day we're finding new things where it's like, oh, that's why this doesn't work. Yeah. Or that's why this is weird, because they were all done by hand Mm -hmm. and just in weird ways that I'm sure worked great for them, but don't work great for us. Yeah. Did you have a place to stay, Andrew, when you were looking for a house? Did you have somewhere else up here that you could um, move into and start your job and things like that? Or were you like looking for the house and then you were going to move? We bought the house in college and then moved to it after graduation. Really? Yes. Um, So there was, there was a little bit of time uh, we, we had a summer to kind of do stuff while we were still figuring things out. Um, but then my in-laws live in Fond du Lac. So that would have been the closest place for us to live mm. while we we're getting things set up. Uh, so how do you end up choosing Door County while you were in college? In, Cause I don't think you or your wife grew up here. No. Um, so the first time that I came to Door County was, I would have to say 2013. And that was on a trip with my wife and my in-laws. Um, we had been dating for about a year and then they took me on like the 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 new year's trip that they always take so my wife was born in chicago raised in fond du lac and then has been coming up to door county two or three times a year every year since she was a baby so they used to do family reunions up here every other year um they would always do new year's they would celebrate new year's in door county they'd come in the in the summer and they'd come in the fall so this is kind of a home away from home from victoria and she like just all of her best memories growing up were here. So it was kind of a no brainer. But a lot of people do that and they, they fall in love with it. And they're like, well, let's try renting for a while. You guys went all in. Yep. We went full bore. We 
we were really planning on hitting our theater company hard. So we figured that like we could stay in Minneapolis, which is where we went to college, and we could try to make connections there and start doing theater there. But that seemed to be more like I, I was definitely going to get roped into doing theatrical projection for, for places in Minneapolis. That was kind of where my career path was headed. Uh, but we decided that we really wanted to kind of do our own theater company. And we figured a place like Door County, which is so artistically inclined, but has a much smaller pool to choose from, might be a good shot for that, which is mm. why we decided to come over here. And we budgeted five years initially. We were going to like, let's do it for five years. If it doesn't work, then we can move back or we can move somewhere else. But we gave ourselves five years and things started to fall in line. Now, my in-laws, her parents are moving up here full time because they just opened Fika Bakery and Cafe. So everything kind of just, just fell into itself. So the five-year timetable has changed. I don't need to be looking to replace you right. in the next couple. I'm going to be here for <laughs> as long as I possibly can be right, here. Good. Um, but yeah, we, we just we jumped in and tried to make it work. And, and that's a privilege that we have as young people. We were able to just go, okay, let's try it and see what happens. And everything worked out. Because the reason I asked that is like, Aaliyah, you said you're fortunate you had somewhere to live while you were doing this search. And, um, I know even Jim Schusler, the new head of the door County economic development corporation, when he took the job and went to move up here, he said it was actually really difficult to find apartments in the Sturgeon Bay area just to rent Mm -hmm. that, um, that he could move into that, you know, he's uh, a mid career guy. He's got a life that he's built up and it's hard to find an apartment that will work even in the short term for something like that. And for my wife and I, we started our search in Jan, late January. We had decided to, to make the move to move back here and, or in my case, move back here and for her to move up here and take a, take a shot at Door County Winters. And, but we knew we had to be, our lease in Chicago was ending May 1st. And our goal was to have a house by then. And it was, I knew what we were getting into, that it wasn't going to be easy, but it was, it's, it's kind of scary like other people who maybe would get a job and then you have two weeks. It's not like so many other markets where you can just count on, well, I'm looking for a three bedroom downtown or of a, of this type. Like there's, you're not comparing apples to apples. You're comparing an apple to a rotting banana peel Mm -hmm. on the side of the road in some cases, or, and you actually have to consider them because of what the, the market might have in your price range up here. There's not like, all right, we're in the, 225 range and we're going to look at these a bunch of different houses that could work and it's just about negotiating and nitpicking it's like it's it's so different than any of the tv shows you will see that Mm -hmm. like house hunters or anything like that yeah you really have to keep your options open for what you're looking for what your expectations are and you know yeah we really like when we were looking had to kind of widen our net and be like this place could work if we did this addition or if we made these changes which yeah, to start with, you're not really hoping to go into it. With or that this view. would be great if we get it for one fourth of what they're asking. Yeah, right. right. Well, and you you can't afford to be as granular here as you can be in other markets. I mean, if you go on Zillow and dial in exactly what you're looking for, you you're you're not going to get very many hits. I mean, it, once you dial in your budget to something that's reasonable and select like house, so you're not looking for townhomes or condos or lots or anything mm-hmm. like that, you have maybe across the entirety of Door County, fifty options at a time. Right. I mean, and that's the whole tip from. Yep. Right. Like you can sort by county, and and we we define everything by like Door County up here, and it's that's like it's too big. I mean, even like when we write 
put out the newspaper each week, it's pretty daunting when you go, well, if it was just like, if we were just covering one city council, that would actually, we could do so much more with it, but we were covering 19 municipalities. Right. And that huge mileage difference between Gills Rock and, um, so because we're on that peninsula, it's so different depending on how far north you go. Right. Well, and the market changes so slowly too. I mean, you might look one time and have 50 options and then you might check again five months down the road and see maybe four or five new things come onto the market. Right. Things move very slowly. Mm -hmm. Those services in Door County, you know, you can sort by price, you can sort by bedrooms, you can sort by a few other factors. They really should have a checkbox where you could, in Door County, sort by internet access. Mm -hmm. And if you could like do a drop down and just... I mean, you would, it would really narrow down your search and save you a lot of time. So real estate agents out there, find a way to do some programming, work with Zillow, work with your own people and filter by Frontier, Door County Broadband. Well, the worst part is even even using specialized tools to try to find where internet access is in the county, that just goes by their advertised internet rates online. Like if I look at- It doesn't at, account for bluffs or right, trees in the way. If I were to look at my parcel- and 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 sort through the different internet options that it has that it says is available to me i would be i'm thrilled because it's Mm -hmm. like oh i could get such good internet but i can't i mean it it shows frontier it says one to ten megabytes per second i mean that's not realistic even if i was on three to five that would still be fine Mm -hmm. but like one is it's hard it's hard with one or it'll say you know all sorts of stuff about like satellite internet but those things have data caps and i use a lot of data i think everybody uses a lot of data now because yeah if you're streaming in hd i mean that's something that people expect to be able to do that takes up a lot of your bandwidth yeah our neighbors at the place we're staying at right now have a satellite and it is like we can watch our one netflix show a month right and that's that's <laughs> kind of what they do but i mean they're not big users anyways, but they, they definitely approach it with that in mind, right? which is funny. And the other thing too, is it's not just about being able to watch Netflix or being able to go on Facebook or stuff like that. Uh, One thing that I've really been interested in doing for our, our home, but haven't been able to because of the internet plan that we have is updating our security and things like that. We have an Amazon Alexa but that uses a significant portion of our bandwidth. It slows us down. I would love to be able to get a Nest thermostat to be able to save money per month by, you know, manually controlling my thermostat from work or or that kind of stuff. I'd love to be able to get a smart lock on my doors so I can make sure that those are locked when I'm home or be, you You lock your doors. I, well, I'm not going to say if I do or don't (laughs) on the podcast, but, um, it, it would be great to have all of those things, but it just, it's impossible given the internet that I have. You know what I mean? So, right. so even beyond just watching Netflix, it would be awesome to be able to make my house smarter and more energy efficient and all of those kind of things. But I don't have that option. Mm-hmm. Aside from price, what was the primary factor, I guess, that drove in, in your search and, and your decision making on the house you bought? Like what was top of mind? Um, another top of mind thing for us was location. I mean, knowing that in the winter, you don't want to be driving too far, um, as Mm -hmm. well as we didn't want to go too far north. What you kind of mentioned earlier is obviously some of those bigger items and things we need to get further south in Sturgeon Bay slash Green Bay. You know, we don't want to have to drive all the way from Gills Rock area every time. So we're kind of looking at a central location is really where we honed in on and then didn't want to move too far outside of that. And then 
And your husband also has to fly periodically. Right. Yeah. Just like my wife. Right. So we didn't want to put ourselves too far away um, from those utilities. And um, But then the other thing I think was bedrooms and just the size and land, which with our situation, we ended up getting a nice acreage, which is important, especially when you're thinking about the investment and that long-term price. Yeah. Yeah. That was really similar for us too. And I would say that if we were... It, if we were able to do it all again, our priorities have changed now and we would be looking for different things. So like you said, we wanted someplace that was central. We could get to Sister Bay or to Sturgeon Bay within 30 minutes. Um, we'd be able to get down to Green Bay if we needed to. That was important for me when we when we bought our house. Now, not so much. I mean, I go down to Sturgeon Bay primarily to get dog food and <laughs> I could easily get a different type of dog food. But it is one of those things where it's like, well, I have to go to Sturgeon Bay. Like I at least have to go down there. So the dog food's keeping me there. <laughs> but if I could do it again, I would move to Sister Bay and probably not go to Sturgeon Bay nearly as much as I do now. And Green Bay was a huge allure to us when we first bought because it's like, oh, we'll be able to get down there and get whatever we need. But I can count the amount of times I've been down to Green Bay in the past year on one hand. Right. So <laughs> it just, it didn't factor in the way that we thought it was going to. Yeah. Plus with the, the Piggly Wiggly's expansion and a lot of the cool new stuff that's come up into Sister Bay, there, there's pretty much everything that we might need, uh, especially as a young family, right there. So the need to, to go south into Sturgeon Bay or Green Bay isn't, isn't nearly as, as important to us as we thought it was going to be. For me, growing up, I, had, I grew up in Egg Harbor and loved it and felt really lucky there. But I also grew up on like a one mile stretch that there just happened to be a lot of young families at that time. So like my bus would fill up in the mile from my house to the highway, maybe like 20 to 25 kids within a couple of years of me. Now there's, there's like very few kids, not only on that road, but in all of Egg Harbor and Sister Bay has not just a lot more kids, but like young adults like myself. So when I was looking, we looked everywhere. We looked basically everywhere from Carlsville to Ellison Bay. We looked at 30 some houses on two different weekends. It was exhausting. Um, <laughs> and I pity our real estate agent who had to do that. But when I looked, I was looking for a location. I hate to drive. And I, I, I just like, don't like any time I, I spend in a car. I usually use it to listen to podcasts now, but, or I use it with my headset to knock out phone calls that I need to, but I'd rather just like walk or bike to work. So I was we were really looking to get like in Bailey's Harbor so we could just make life so much easier working here. We ended up in Sister Bay. We're thrilled that we ended up there, but it, it's a small thing, but you, you take like a 10 mile commute to and from work every day and just the mileage on your car. It's not even that bad. I mean, people do two hour drives in the suburbs and stuff, but I'm, I'm just like not a guy who wants to be behind the wheel that often. So right. you add that up. I lived in Chicago where I put about four to 6,000 miles a year on my car. And that was with coming back and forth to Door County several times. And once you live up here, you're talking 15 to 20,000 miles a year. Yeah. It's right. a lot of mileage. That's another thing that's, I mean, right now I'm not living very close to Bailey's Harbor. So it is a drive every day, but even just going around to do the things you want to do within the County, it's definitely more driving. Yeah. Well, and I like, I bought my first car when I was 23. I never had one growing up because I never needed one. When I was in high school, I could walk to school. Um, then I got my first job in town. So that wasn't a big thing. Um, when I moved, when I w worked out of town, I was living with my sister and she worked in the same building as I did. So I would carpool with her. Then I went to college in the city and I could jump on the light rail to get to work every day. 
So I never needed a vehicle growing up. It wasn't until I moved here that I was like, oh, I need to get a car now. Yeah. Because there aren't a lot of options for public transportation in no. Door County. But yeah, that is that is another thing. And it's like, I'm so used to that like 10, 15 minute commute that if if I had to, like even if I moved to Sister Bay, it would still be about 15 minutes to come to work in Bailey's Harbor. But that's one of the big things where I'm like, man, I don't want to move to Sturgeon Bay because that means 30 minutes to work. And it doesn't seem like a lot, but it, it feels like it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's 30 minutes. That's an hour a day. That's five hours a week. That. I don't know. My life always seems super busy. So if I can, if I can save a few of those minutes, I, I always want them. Right. So I think that that's probably going to do it for us this week. Thank you both for coming in and chatting about this. This is, this is such an interesting you know, topic. I mean, we didn't even get into affordable housing too. options for people who are working up here in the summer. And we'll probably spend a whole podcast talking about that some, at some point down the line. It's, it's interesting in that how much Door County is changing and that that need to bring especially young families into the county, that, that, that these are the challenges that they have to face. Finding housing for a young family is, is difficult and it, and it is with all of its you know, challenges, but it is something that is possible. So mm-hmm. there is mm-hmm. that. And uh, for those listening, if you, if you have some experiences um, in your housing search or some feedback for us, I'd love to hear it. My email address is miles, M-Y-L-E-S at ppulse.com. And it might be informative for our sustainability issue when we address a lot more issues related to the housing hunts, seasonal housing, and affordable housing in Door County. Right. And if you're an internet service provider and you want to hook me up with better internet, you can reach me at <laughs> Andrew K at PeninsulaFilmworks.com. I'd love to hear from you because, man, oh, man, I would like faster internet. <laughs> ditto. Ditto on that. Well, thanks a lot. And we will talk to you again next week. These stories and more will be available in this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse, available throughout Door County. For more headlines, visit DoorCountyPulse.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast for your weekly Pulse picks, interviews, and exclusive content from the Peninsula Pulse. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.